Okay, so I hear you like books. Why, yes, I do. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have. Are you seeing the books? Everything you would want to read is right here. Feel it. Feels good, right? Just smell it. Nothing, nothing smells like that. Welcome, friends, to episode 24 of Reading the New Berries. This month is a little bit different. We're going to be talking about three different books, Roller Skates, Thimble Summer, and Call It Courage. We'll give you more details on those in a bit. I am Leah, joined today by my fellow podcasters, Lauren. Hello, friends. And Mandalay. What up, friends? And we are just trying to get through these old books (laughs) 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 one month at a time. (laughs) So, yes, like I said, we did three books. We each read one, and we'll give you our feedback and a little little synopsis, I would say. But first, we've got some book news. (laughs) Woo! You guys. (laughs) Love news. Uh, So I'll get us started. I heard about a few books recently, some that have already come out because I feel like it's not fair that books come out in between our podcasts, you know? It's not fair. Mm -hmm. They need love too. (laughs) So um, the first one I will tell you about is a picture book. It's called When Sadness is at Your Door. It's by Eva Eland. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. It came out on January 29th of this year, and it's for three to seven years. That's the recommended age, but I'm sure any age could use this. So I'll just read. 32 pages. That's right up my alley. Yes, me and me. This could be. (laughs) I feel like this is one of those like self-care books, too. I think all adults could probably use this. So I'll just read the Goodreads synopsis. Sadness can be scary and confusing at any age. Guys, any age, that includes us. (laughs) When we feel sad, especially for long periods of time, it can seem as if the sadness is a part of who we are, an overwhelming, invisible, and scary sensation. In When Sadness is at Your Door, Eva Elin brilliantly approaches this feeling as if it is a a visitor. So basically, she personifies sadness and Mm. just gives kids tools to deal with it, um, to not just get over it, but understand what it is. Um, she gives ideas of like just sitting quietly, drawing, going for a walk, which I think are amazing tools to give a kid at that age because you're going to need it. You're going to mm-hmm. need it for your whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think that was cute. And the pictures are adorable. So Awesome. That's her debut picture book. Ooh. Very cool. Yes. Uh, the next one I heard about is called The Bridge Home by Padma. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. Venkatraman. <laughs> um, it came out on February 5th of this year. It's a middle grade reader, ages 10 and up. And let's see, when Viji and her sister Ruku, who, whose developmental disability makes her overly trusting and vulnerable to the perils of the world, run away to live on their own, the situation could not be more grim. So it just shows their life on the streets in Chennai in India. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love books that give you a different life perspective, and I don't know much about Indian culture, so that's very intriguing to me. Sounds interesting. Yeah. I like I like other culture books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I think it's important for kids to read for sure. books about other cultures as well. And especially with these girls being homeless and facing mm-hmm. things that a kid, you know, in a first world country probably hasn't even heard about. I think it's very, gives wisdom. Yeah. For sure. Okay, guys. I'm so excited about books. You know? <laughs> I'm so glad. Yay. <laughs> Um, So the last one I want to tell you about is a book called When I Pray for You. And wait, where did his name go? I know I had it. Oh, there we go. Matthew Paul Turner. So this is not his first book. He is a best-selling author. He wrote When God Made You and When God Made Light. And I have not read those books. Um, But they put out a book trailer for this one that brings the waterworks. Oh, my goodness. Um, so it just, the little blurb here says it's a deeply meaningful prayer from a parent to a loving God, asking for God's presence and comfort over the life of a child. And it says something about seeing a beloved child come into the world, grow and experience the wonder and pain of life drives adults to pray for the kids they love. Even people with no religious affiliation will pray for the well-being of a child. When I pray for you, celebrates the dreams, hopes, and longings we pray over our children and shares with the little ones how much care, concern, and love a parent, family member, or friend feels for them. Um, there's a little blurb from the, or like a little snippet out of the book. It says, from the moment I saw you, I started to pray. Big prayers and small ones I have sent God's way. You guys, I'm going to start crying just reading this because Aww. of that stupid video. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. I prayed you felt safe, full of joy and content. When I whispered, I love you, you knew what I meant. It's just so sweet. It's definitely one of those books that adults will probably just sob through if they try to read it to their kids. (laughs) That's so sweet. But So that one comes out February 19th. So snap that up for anyone that's expecting or already has kids or just wants a good cry. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, did you have some to tell us about? I do. So... Christian Robinson, so if you don't remember who he is, he is the illustrator for Last Stop on Market Street. And so he has a picture book coming out in March 5th. And this is his debut as an author illustrator. And it's a wordless picture book. And it's kind of the premise is, it says this on Goodreads, it says, What if you encountered another perspective, discovered another world, met another you? What might you do? And I think it's kind of about like, what if there was an alternate universe and you met yourself in that other universe? What what would it be like? Crazy. And I love his illustrations. So, And you can go and look at it, look at some of the pages of it on the internet now. It's so cute. He's so talented. He is. I love his work. He does a lot of mixed media for all you artists mm-hmm. out there. And he his process is just fascinating. If you ever get to see him, hear him talk, go, run, <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cool. And then we talked about this. I think we talked about this last time, but we're going to tell you again so you don't forget. Love it. Um, April 2nd, A Piglet Named Mercy is coming out by Kate DiCamillo. So this is a prequel in the Mercy Watson series. 
So it says, celebrate the joy of a new arrival with this endearing picture book prequel to the New York Times bestselling Mercy Watson series. Mr. Watson and Mrs. Watson live ordinary lives. Sometimes their lives feel a bit too ordinary. Sometimes they wish something different would happen. And one day it does when someone unpredictable finds her way to their front door. In a delightful origin story for the star of the Mercy Watson series, a tiny piglet brings love and chaos to Dekawu Drive, and the Watsons' lives will never be the same. So, that's a fun one to look out for. Yay! Um, and then, so, uh, Beverly right here is coming out September 24th, so this will be the third and final installment in the Raimi Nightingale series, I guess is what they're calling it mm-hmm. <laughs> yes <laughs> and i'm so excited about this because beverly is my favorite so i'm really looking forward to this and so let me give you the goodreads blurb for that and then i'll tell you some more exciting news after that so it says <laughs> revisiting once again the world of Ramy nightingale two-time newberry medalist kate d camillo turns her focus to the tough talking inescapably tender-hearted beverly Beverly put her foot down on the gas. They went faster still. This was what Beverly wanted, what she always wanted, to get away, to get away as fast as she could, to stay away. Beverly Topinski has run away from home plenty of times, but that was when she was just a kid. By now, she figures it's not running away, it's leaving. Determined to make it on her own, Beverly finds a job and a place to live and tries to forget about her dog, Buddy, now buried underneath the orange orange trees back home. Her friend Ramy, whom she left without a word, and her mom Rhonda, who has never cared about anyone but herself. Beverly doesn't want to depend on anyone, and she definitely doesn't want anyone to de- depend on her. But despite her best efforts, she can't help forming connections with the people around her. And gradually, she learns to see herself through their eyes. In a touchy, funny, and fearless conclusion to her sequence of novels about the beloved Three Rancheros, Number one New York Times bestselling author Kate DiCamillo tells the story of a character who will break your heart and put it back together again. I'm like tearing up just not that that was emotional. I just know how Kate does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is going to be. We know your way. Another tearjerker. I <laughs> so, can almost guarantee yeah, Like, it. Does this sound like some time has passed? Yes. Because it says, you know, she's older now. Like they don't give like an age, but she says it's. She feels like it's not running away because she's not a kid anymore. Right. I would and like she gets a job. I don't know. I'm not sure, yeah. but I would guess maybe she's like still late teens. Okay. I don't know. It just seems. I guess like, we'll find out. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be awesome because Kate is just awesome. Yep. So yeah, so releasing that same day, there's going to be a hardcover box set of the Raimi Nightingale trio, so you can get all three of the books. I love I'm, sets. I'm just telling you right now, I'm getting that. <laughs> I already That's, own the other ones, and I'm I still going to get it. <laughs> that will be on my bookshelf. Oh, I was so excited when I saw that. Yeah. It's like no pictures or anything. It's just on their website on the, I can't remember which publisher, but. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, we, we mentioned this on our social medias on the day it happened, but I wanted to say it on the podcast as well. So congratulations are in order for oh, yes. Meg Medina, who is the winner of this year's Newberry, Newberry Medal for her book, Mercy Suarez Changes Gears. So 
Congratulations to Meg. Congrats, Meg. Woohoo! I'm excited to read that book. Way to go. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's on it's been on my to to read yeah. list. So Yeah, I was really excited for her. That's all I got for the book news. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for another surprise. <laughs> I don't have any additions. <laughs> Right. Well, we asked a social media question, question, I can't say things anymore. And we asked to have you name a book that you like that's set in winter. We live in the Midwest and this has been the most winterest winter I've experienced in a long time. <laughs> so the cure to that is reading. I would say, and I haven't done it, but one of my favorite books book series to read during the winter time is the harry potter series mm-hmm. yes they're just delightful and especially like the winter christmas time scenes in the That's beginning why I like to watch the films yes. too exactly <laughs> book film all of it's good and then one of our followers on instagram linda says that she enjoys snow treasure by mary mcswiggin a fun story about Norwegian kids who smuggle gold past the Germans during World War II. She said, I remember the audiobook being good as well. I am always up for a good audiobook. Mm-hmm. So Me too. That sounds fun. Lori on Facebook says, The Long Winter by Laura Ingalls Wilder makes me appreciate these short times of snow when everything seems shut down around here. The Ingalls family endured months of blizzards and nearly starved to death that year. We act like we're going to starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to grocery store. I know what's up. Yes. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> ah, at least we have grocery stores, though. Exactly. They had to grow their own food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have read several books in the recent months that are kind of survival books and set in colder climates. And it definitely makes me feel like I am also surviving something. <laughs> <laughs> We have a friend who just moved here from Florida, and she has said that. Like, she's read Climbing Everest books and things like that to just make her feel like if they can survive, then so can I. (laughs) I know this winter for us, I I feel like it's the worst we've had in a a few years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, just like we're just continuously getting more and more snow. And then, um, like, last week there was ice, which is still like not like everyone still has like ice. Yeah. on their driveways and roofs and tonight Places we're supposed to get more <laughs> yeah. well the salt's not even working yeah the salt isn't working so that's cool this place is uninhabitable yeah <laughs> i stick to my claim i was out at the grocery store last week we were coming out and like it had been raining all day like schools had closed because in the morning like the roads were icy because it was freezing rain but then the rest of the day it was just rainy and so I'm coming out of the grocery store to get in my car and all of a sudden just like ice is falling from the sky I don't know what like I don't know what that's called but it was literally ice and I was just like what is happening Yeah. So yeah, and we're supposed to get more snow tonight. So that's yes. super. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Put some more of that over the ice. <laughs> then you won't know when you're gonna fall to your death. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it through we though. Will. Spring will come, even if it's not till June. It will come. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Uh, my favorite book set in winter. I I like the Chronicles of Narnia, The mm. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes. So there's winter in that book. <laughs> my favorite books, probably. But that ever. book's cool because it doesn't stay winter. So it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spring comes, which yes. gives hope for all of us. Exactly. <laughs> So Tammy on Instagram says, I recently read Beartown, which had great writing and a hopeful story, if you can skim past the locker room talk, and also The Winter Garden, which was about the siege of St. Petersburg during World War II. So I have to check out The Winter Garden. I've been into like World War II books lately, or just books that have mm-hmm. happened during then. So I have to read the Snow Treasure book, and now The Winter Garden. There you go. Yeah, I also read Beartown, and there is quite a bit of the locker room track. Mm. But it's true. If you just skip those scenes, then you don't have to worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then Carrie on Facebook says, Where the Red Fern Grows has a winter season, and it's one of her faves. So... Are we ready to talk about our books? We are. All right. Mandy, are you ready to talk about your book? Or I am ready. Okay, go for it. This book was actually pretty good. I was surprised. Awesome. <clears throat> yes. It. Um... So what year is yours from? 1941. Sweet. Yes. So it starts off with, with um, Mafatu, I think that's how you say his name, and he is a coward and doesn't want to, like, go fish or anything, anything that the men are doing, right? He's scared because his mother was killed by Moana, the sea god. <gasps> Moana? <gasps> what? what? Dare she? As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, this book, it is on. <laughs> I've had that in my head the whole time I've been reading. (laughs) Oh my god! So he decides he decides that he is going to get he's going to get some courage. So he steals a canoe. Oh, guys! Always the first step to courage. (laughs) Him and his dog. I think he pronounces his name Yuri. Yuri. I don't know. It's U R I. Hmm. I pronounced it Yuri. The Yuri sounds good. <clears throat> and uh, they set sail, and they end up in a storm, and it tears apart like the whole boat, and they end up washing up on this island. And he figures out that this island, he's pretty sure, because there's like this idol there with like bones around it, that there's a tribe that comes there and like sacrifices humans. So he's freaking out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he ends up um, learning how to survive. Like he makes his own knife and his own shelter and his in a fire, and he kills like a boar and an octopus. He does all this stuff. Whoa! It's fantastic. <clears throat> and then he ends up building another boat for himself so that he can leave. So, do you feel like now that you've read this, you can do all those things? I had a brief moment at the end where I was like, yeah, if I had to go into survival <laughs> mode, like, I could do this. I could stab an octopus <laughs> in the eye. Mandy's <laughs> out in the snow building a boat. <laughs> <laughs> also, there were some parts where, like, it wasn't directly addressed, like, right away where the dog was. So I was, like, constantly worried about his dog. <laughs> 
That would be me. I'm. I always do that. I was like, well, what about <laughs> Yuri? <laughs> wow. And then it'd be like, oh, and he was on his heels. I'm like, okay, good. He's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> they end up escaping just as the the killer tribe is like showing up. Oh my goodness! And they chase so after tense. him. And uh, he ends up in another storm on the way back, I think. Or, yeah. Yeah. But then he makes it back. And he's got, like, all of, you know, he's got, like, the, the boar's, like, tusks and stuff. like To prove. To, to prove. His, yeah. To his tribe that he, that he has courage now. Wow. And now his father is proud of him. Oh, also, he prays to Maui. So this is apparently it's like on the fisherman god the or something. Polynesian yeah. islands. Yes. Is that the right? So I, that's right. Mm-hmm. I I wonder if if a certain company had some inspiration from this, right? For their movie. Well, I mean, they got their inspiration from the Pacific Islanders. Like they visited the islands. So like I'm sure these stories right are pretty popular there. So certainly, I'm sure there's a lot. It sounds like. Like the mythology, you know, like mythology, yeah. there's so many different mm-hmm. retellings of things. So, mm-hmm. so is, is Arm- Armstrong Sperry, is he like of Polynesian descent or was he just interested in that culture? Do you know? That's a good question, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to put you on the spot. It's all right. I just like um, to know things. No, he, I, I don't think so. It just seems like he is really into, like, or was into really um, historical fiction and biography. And Cool. It says a lot of his books were often set sailing ships and boys of Polynesia and Asia and stuff like that. Looks like he, his grandpa was also a, was a sailor. Ooh. And Leah, so he, quick with the he, info. <laughs> so <laughs> he grew up hearing like stories from the sea, and then he actually sailed himself. Hmm. So it looks like he went to South Pacific, to the South Pacific and stuff. But he was inspired by uh, reading Herman Melville, Robert Louis Stevenson, Jack London, all the greats, all, all the greats, <laughs> those stories of survival. <laughs> oh, and he also traveled. Around the South right. Pacific, right. yes. So that would be why he served in the Navy during World War One. Mm. You guys, he, his photo—he looks like a classic, classy gent. Classic, classy gent. Classic, classy. But back to the book. Yes. It. It was. It was. I feel like it'd be a really good book for um for like young boys, um to read. It's very like a lot of adventure and it's also short. Yeah. So, I mean, not that girls couldn't read it too. I'm just saying, I know it's really hard sometimes to find books for your boys to read. So I kind of want to get this for my nephews because they actually live on a Pacific Island. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've read this one yet. It's fantastic. Good book. Nice. Very cool. Five stars from Mandy. Whoa. Five five stars. Well, I finished it, so it automatically That's gets right. According to Mandy's right, rating scale. <laughs> There's rules here, people. I forgot we'd established that. <laughs> One star is she didn't make it very far. <laughs> oh, goodness. Wow. Awesome. 
Leah, tell us about your book. Yes, I read Thimble Summer by Elizabeth Enright. She's the winner of the 1939 Newbery Medal, not too far away from Mandy's book. Mm. So this story is set during the Great Depression in rural Wisconsin. There's a drought, which rural areas, obviously, greatly affects them, their farming life. So this Mm -hmm. is about Garnet Linden. She's nine, almost 10 years old. And I definitely fell in love with this girl. She's so fun. It's kind of reminiscent of a Kate DiCamillo story in, okay. way, in a way. Um, you're just following this spunky girl. She's learning tough life lessons. And there's a lot of spirit of the people. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Garnet goes on several adventures during the book. It's not like a kind of consecutive sweeping story. It's just little snippets out of this one summer. And the th- I was a little disappointed by the power of the thimble. Like They talk about it a little at the beginning and a little at the end, and that's about it. How are you going to name the book Thimble? Yeah, and something. it's kind of like... Yeah, she calls it her thimble summer because she found the thimble and she thinks that's what gave her good luck and gave her all these fun stories. Um, so a couple of the things that happened, uh, it rained shortly after she found the thimble. Mm, so that meant... That's always a sign. Right. That was like really good news. The farm could go on. They can build a new barn. They need a new barn. So one night they are out by the lime kiln. So I don't know anything about these things. This is just what <laughs> happened. <laughs> they, I'm looking it up. They have to feed the kiln all night with wood. And so she wants to go out with her dad and her brother um, and a couple neighbor people. It's like the neighbors. They all work together. They're at the lime kiln to build Garnet's family barn, but they are fam- the neighbors come help them. And while they're out there, this boy just shows up out of the woods at midnight. And he's clearly been malnourished and looks kind of rough. And he at first is very hesitant to talk to them or um, mainly just talk to them. But they give him pie and that kind of loosens him mm. up a little bit. And pie makes everything better. <laughs> so I think he's about 13 or so. And you find out that he's an orphan and he's been kind of on the road on his own trying to find family. But the family had moved and this was before Facebook. So we didn't know where they went. And so then he ended up here in Wisconsin. And so the family let they let him live with them and work on the barn so this boy showing up was part of the good luck from the thimble Mm. also a lot of hitchhiking in this book it definitely made me really nervous for garnet (laughs) (laughs) she's just walking down the rural country road trying to hitch a ride with whoever goes by and these strangers come and she just gets in the car with them and if I didn't know any better, I would have like expected something terrible to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's normally the plot line in a modern day story. Um, but it was totally okay. She meets lots of friends. So, <laughs> all right. I read one note for adults reading this book to kids. Like, just make sure they understand that this is 1939, yeah. and <laughs> they shouldn't just get in cars with strangers. They learned several decades later not to do this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so many times where I was like, don't do it, don't do it. What's going to happen? <laughs> she was fine. 
Um, another fun adventure for Garnet. She has a best friend named Citronella, which is, I think, another reason why this reminds me of like a Kate DiCamillo book, <laughs> just the fun names. Um, but they end up getting locked in the library. <laughs> the librarian didn't realize they were there. She locked up for the night and they couldn't get out. So that was kind of a fun little adventure. I think one of the scenes that really stuck out to me and that was a lot of fun is that they go to the county fair. I was very struck by how little the county fair has changed since the Great Depression. <laughs> like all of the I could smell the animal <laughs> stalls and like she's going to show her pig, her prized pig. So you just kind of I mean we've grown up in the Midwest. We know what a county fair looks like in the Midwest and it has not changed. And it's a lot of fun. And at the end, her friend is like, I am never eating another ice cream cone again. <laughs> and I, I thought, you know that? That's when you know it's been a good, a yes. good day at the fair. <laughs> yes. um, so, yeah, I think I would recommend this book um, really for anyone, but especially if you've got a little girl that just loves learning about history and experiencing kind of a different time and place or even a similar place. I can think of a family right now that lives on a farm and I think their little girl would like this because it's probably something she can relate to in some ways. I also like there's a lot of um, interaction between the generations. So Garnet's best friend has a great grandma that lives with them and there's several pages of the great grandma telling a story from her childhood and it didn't lose me. I kind of felt like it would. But the story was very engaging and also kind of takes you to another time and place. Kind of an interesting note from her story. There were uh, Native Americans that lived around them at the time. So this is the great grandma. And during the winter, which I could relate, it was frigidly cold. And at nighttime, they would hear the door open and some of the Native Americans would come in to their home at night and sleep in front of the fire. And then they would repay them with like venison and rabbit and baskets that they'd made or like meal, like the meal that you cook with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she said one time they left a pair of moccasins just her size. She was a little girl at the time. So it was just kind of a fun laid back story. It would be a good read aloud, um, you know, a little bit at a time every night because it's not very fast moving or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. I think it was. I, I maybe I had low expectations because these older books are always a little, yeah. little sketchy. Yeah, but that's how I went in. Yeah, no, I really was pleasantly surprised. I would give it. I think I would give it four stars. Cool, it's not quite a five, but I mean, on the Mandy scale, on the Mandy scale, it's a five because I finished it. <laughs> but all right, Lauren, it's your all turn. All right. I read Roller Skates by Ruth Sawyer. So this is the winner of the 1937 Newbery Medal. So this is a story set in New York City in the 1890s. Um, It's about a 10-year-old girl named Lucinda, and her parents go to Italy for several months, uh, they say for her mother's health. (laughs) So I don't know if they're just making that up or what. (laughs) So Lucinda stays with some friends of her parents at a, a boarding house in New York City. Um, This book is filled with several fun characters that Lucinda befriends. Um, She befriends the cab driver, and remember, cabs back then were still pulled by horses. So 
I had to remind myself of that a lot. But anyway, his name is Mr. Gilligan, and then she makes friends with the policeman, Mr. McGonagall. She makes friends with Tony, the boy who runs the fruit stand, and Trinket, the little girl who lives upstairs, and so many more. So Wow, it's a lot yeah, of people. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of characters. Um, but it's fun. It's kind of reminiscent of I'm um, I don't know, like books like like Eloise or, you know, just books like that where they just have, you know, or even like Curious George, where there's just so many different characters that they interact with. So she uses, I think the reason it's called roller skates is because she uses her roller skates to get around the city. Like that's just how she gets around. Other than that, that's it. <laughs> so it's kind of like, kind of like you, your book, Lee. I, I don't really know why yeah. that was the title, but it makes sense. She has many fun adventures with her friends. I would describe this book as episodic, kind of like your book, Leah. Yeah. It's like just each chapter is a different adventure yeah. that fits into her story of this time being in New York City. Uh, and each chapter ends with an entry from her diary. There's a lot of clever humor in this book that I think I think adults would get a, more of a kick out of it than kids. Yeah. I don't know. For a while, I couldn't figure out. I was like, what is what is the difference between these books from back in the day? And, like, books written now. And I feel like books from back in the day were written about children, but, like, for adults. Right. If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of adult. And when I say adult humor, I don't mean adult humor. I mean, like, <laughs> like kids, just, won't un- kids just might not get a kick out funny. of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, like, just the way she talks, mm-hmm. the Lucinda, mm-hmm. like, it's really cute and clever and funny. Like, it just makes you laugh. Yep. Um, but anyway, but it's really, it's a cute book. This book does deal with death. Mm. There are actually two deaths in this book. Wow. And one of them is kind of traumatic. <laughs> Not just leave it at that. Yikes. It kind of surprised me and came out of nowhere. <laughs> I guess life was harder back in 1937. I, so. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then there's a second death, which you kind of see coming. I like how they handled... The second death. The first one was, I don't know, like I said, it was really weird and out of nowhere. If you read this book, please let me know what you thought about that one. <laughs> but the second death, it was really sad. Like, I was super sad. and But they handled it really well. There's a lot of good quotes in this book, too. So, and like, there's one of, there's one scene in the book where it's Christmas time. And just the way that she wrote the scene and like described everything it it took me back to my childhood and like just like made me feel all warm inside like I was just like like this like it just described like I think everybody's like idea of what Christmas was like when they were a kid so it was just really well written um what I read about Ruth Sawyer is this book is autobiographical okay And I guess there's a sequel to this book, too. So she was born in 1880. Ruth Sawyer was. So so. that is very reminiscent of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Okay. I mean, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn is very much an adult book. But Mm -hmm. actually, I'm not sure that it was intended to be that. But that sounds like a lighter version of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, where you're meeting all these different characters, Mm -hmm. like the horse-drawn cabs are Mm -hmm. a big part of it. And that's really cool. Yeah, I like you guys said I was very surprised by this book. I I wasn't expecting to like it and even like for like the first like 20 30 pages I was like, "Oh, I don't I just can't get into this book." <laughs> but once I got past it, it was it was really good and heartwarming and 
you know. So I, I would say this is a great book for kids, you know, around 10 years old, maybe like seven and up. Um, you know, obviously girls would probably like it better because it has a girl as the main character. But again, you meet all these many right. characters. So I would say it could be for boys or girls. And and I just really like how it handles death. So whether you know a kid who's a, who has gone through something like that, that they're dealing with, or not, I think this is a good way to prepare kids for stuff like that, too. Like, it's a gentle way to, you know, prepare them for right. death <laughs> or having to deal with a death of a loved one or a friend. So, cool. yes, I didn't say it, but mine is my book was also written from life experience of the author. Okay, cool. She didn't grow up in Wisconsin, but her family did. So, she heard tales. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like like you said with your book about the little girl like just going around everywhere. Like yeah. Lucinda, she just goes around by herself in the city. Right. Like she just roller skates around in the city, yeah. which I feel like New York City, there's still kids doing yeah. that because yeah, it's just sure. a different environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's much more access to transportation. Yeah. So you don't need to drive to mm-hmm. get to, <laughs> you know, 40 yeah. minutes away from where you live. Yeah. And by 40 minutes, I just mean it takes that long to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not actually that far away. <laughs> That's so yeah. cool. I kind of want to read that now. Yeah, I would recommend it. It was really good. I gave it three stars on Insta- or not Instagram. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it three stars on Goodreads, but I was like kind of in between three and four stars. Yeah. So 3.5, I guess. I forgot but. to do my Goodreads. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was really surprised by it. I liked it. You guys, I feel like this was good. We knocked them all out. Yeah. And they weren't terrible. So they weren't bad. This was a great <laughs> old book episode. <laughs> Woo, we did it. I do like this format of each of us taking a book. I do. At too. least for the older books. I do too. Because you just never There's know no what need you're going to get. for all of us to suffer, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. you um, each suffer differently. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Mandy, have you picked a book yet? I know you were kind of still trying to figure that out. So Mandy gets to pick our next book. Yes, I have chosen uh, The Grey King by Susan Cooper, winner of the 1976 Newbery. Awesome. Uh, it's a contemporary fantasy novel. Um, it's part of a series, so I hope we don't struggle because of that. It's the fourth book of a mm-hmm. five-book series. But we've read books like that before. So. We have. Hopefully we'll be all right. I don't know. It just says it's, Ooh, it's Arthurian. I don't know what that means. King Arthur? Mm-hmm. Ever heard of him? Yes. <laughs> it's set in Wales and incorporates Welsh folklore. Nice. As well as Arthurian material. Orin. <laughs> um, I don't really see a summary Wikipedia just has a list of the characters. Let's see. Goodreads has a description. We'll read that. Okay, I'll read it. Okay, The Grey King by Susan Cooper. Is that right? I want to make sure I have the right one. All right, this is what it says. Fire on the mountain shall find the harp of gold played to wake the sleepers oldest of the old. With the final battle between the light and the dark soon approaching, Will sets out on a quest to call for aid. Hidden within the Welsh hills is a magical harp that he must use to wake the sleepers. 
six noble writers who have slept for centuries. But an illness has robbed Will of nearly all his knowledge of the old ones, and he is left only with a broken riddle to guide him in his task. As Will travels blindly through the hills, his journey will bring him face to face with the most powerful lord of the dark, the Grey King. The king holds the harp and sleepers within his lands, and there has yet to be a force strong enough to tear them from his grasp. There you go, guys. Excitement! I'm scared. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> it is like a... Leah doesn't like I think fantasy. It's considered I like a I horror not fantasy. fantasy. <laughs> to be honest. But that's why you have me, because otherwise th- these books would never get picked. <laughs> yeah, that would be awful. <laughs> we have to read them all, Leah. You our, must our, read them all. <laughs> our goal is to read them all. <laughs> was that our goal? I don't remember. <laughs> well, it was my goal. I just dragged you guys into it. <sighs> I'll survive. Maybe if I don't know what's going on, it'll be easier. <laughs> this is like the fourth book. I know I'm like tempted to read all of them, but I don't well, know. Well, you I have do time. that and give me a synopsis. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should see how long they are first. They're probably long. What year was this book? Maybe we can just get like a synopsis of the previous uh, three. 1976 70, winner, so probably 75. All right, guys, something else we want to mention to you before we go is we are um, hopefully going to be getting some merch and in the form of bags. So, if you're interested in purchasing a bag, head on over to our Facebook, and uh, on there you can find uh, the post about the bag. So, in order to keep the cost of the bags down, we would need like at least 20 orders, and so we've created this form you can fill out if you are interested in purchasing a bag, and um, once we get enough orders in, then we'll send out a link to where you can actually purchase the bags. So... Head on over to our Facebook, which is Team Friendship Reads, yes, on Facebook. All right, let's let the people know how to get in touch with us. You could send us emails, teamfriendshippodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Team Friendship Podcast. And Facebook, www.facebook.com slash teamfriendshippodcast. We're on Twitter at Three Friends Podcast. And our website, teamfriendshippodcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at JediReader1138. I'm also on Instagram, RedHeadedReader. No numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I am on Instagram as well at Mandy Malay Faux Reader. Well, folks, we'll see you all in another time. And remember, friends, no two persons ever read the same book. And this time, neither did Team Friendship.
warming up. Excellent. I want to say one, two, three, and then we're going to clap. Okay. okay. Clap right in front of your <gasps> microphone. I'm so excited. But don't clap on your microphone, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> I clapped on Do what it. you want. Live your best life. how to do that. I just, last time you asked if you could do that. Oh, right. I'm just letting you know that that's still not okay. <laughs> the rules have not changed. All right. One. No, no new laws. Two. Three. I gotta flip my notes around now. Oh. Ooh. She saw something exciting when she flipped it around. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, go for it. <clears throat> I will. I just, sorry, I lost my show notes. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> Am I making that up? I don't know. I have no idea. I should double check my facts before I say things. Why really would should. you do that? They don't I pay know, us right? to do this. We can say whatever we want. If you are looking for a list of the new Barry Metal winning books, a nice list of them, by year, you can check that out on our Team Friendship website, which is teamfriendshippodcast.com. That's where I go whenever I want to figure out if a book oh, was on the list. That's a good plug, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And honestly, it's hard to find a decent list that's not including all the honors. And I don't know. They're in weird order sometimes. Yeah. We just have a straight list by the year of the Newbery Medal winning books. And if we've done an episode on it, then you can click on it and listen to the episode. I don't think it won any awards. I think it did. That's kind of surprising. Well, Well, not totally. We will give it an honor where, honor, wow, honorary. (laughs) (laughs) Honorary shout out. (laughs) okay sorry i wasted our time guys would it be 62 that they would give the medal if it was published in 61 yes okay the bronze bow by elizabeth george spear well the bronze bow (laughs) (laughs) we'll be reading you sometime And if you're not as good as the where the red fern grows, we're going to have to take it up with the committee. We're going to have to do some straight to the top. Yeah. (laughs) Some retroactive. I mean, they're not beyond that. Okay, they've taken away medals. Okay. (laughs) They've changed names of things. Yes. So they don't care. Watch out. Ruthless. (laughs) Ruthless.